Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast, a space where we will be revealing what is it that is getting in the way of our potential as human beings, as a species, diving into a deep inquiry into body-mind consciousness, our way of being on the planet today, and our current relationship with our reality and with reality itself. My name is Nikki Clinch. I am your host. I will be sharing the science, research, and evidence, and coming into this podcast from the paradigm of ontology, looking at why you are the way you are, not as a you problem, but looking at it from the context of a human problem. This is not about you. This is about being human. My intention is that in this podcast, you will discover so many blind spots that are running you and your life and how reality is unfolding and that you can start to experience yourself as part of the human species rather than just an individual stuck in a story trying to solve your own problems. This is the time now on our planet to remember and embody and realize our infinite potential as a species. If you wanna dive even deeper beyond this podcast, you can download our 21 days of expansion, 21 powerful body-mind ontological activations, meditations for you to be able to work with your own rewiring and neural pathways to be able to create a fundamental shift in how you experience yourself, how you experience your reality and the way in which you are a co-creator in the world that you are getting. So just hit the link below to download 21 days and that can be yours starting now. But for now, let's dive into this podcast, The Infinite Potential of Being Human. I am so excited for you to explore and inquire and receive all the teachings and richness and education of the episodes ahead. Thank you so much. I'm Nikki Clinch. I'm delighted to be here with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. My name is Nikki Clinch, and I am your host. Really great to be back with you all this week. And as always, welcome to all the new listeners, all the newbies that are entering this space, have never heard of maturation before, have never heard of ontology before, and have been drawn here to hear what is happening here. There was a lot of hears for whatever reason, but on a deeper level, it is because you are a human being and everything that is being inquired into, questioned here, and everything I'm speaking about and teaching here is from the context of being human, the being of human being. In fact, that's what ontology is. Ontology is the science and nature of being. And in this particular aspect, the being of human being. And what I mean by that is that the being of an oak tree is not the same as the being of a duck or the being of a cat or the being of a dog, that they all have their particular ways of being. And that applies to human being, that we as a species in a current state of our way of being meaning there is a way of being that we are being human that appears as if that is just the way it is and that is who we are. 
And everything that I am teaching here in this podcast is bringing consciousness and insight to that way of being from a human being ontological paradigm. Why? Because it takes it out of the personal. It takes it way, way bigger and beyond just you as an individual someone struggling with your individual story. In fact, when we zoom right out and see much of what has been living our life and running our world from a human being context, we can see many, many things that we just couldn't see before. One, because it doesn't feel as personal, meaning you're the one that's doing it wrong. But also it allows us to get a sense of what is running us rather than us running it. And when we can see blind spots that we didn't even know that we didn't even know that we didn't even know, and we uncover the blindness of those blind spots, the power from which the blind spot has to put a spell on us, keep us in an illusion, to seduce us, the power from which we have over a blind spot's ability to keep us in an illusionary realm, well, then we gain or regain more of our power in that area. And power gives us the ability to choose and to be. And so that's really what we're doing here. And welcome to all my regular listeners. I've been getting so much feedback from all of you. And uh, it sounds as if the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast has become the new Netflix. And a lot of you are binging on all the episodes and I love it. You should. Why not? I mean, if you're human, this relates to you. And there are certainly worse things that you could binge on. <laughs> so, I kind of want to dive into a topic today um, cold. I haven't written any notes on this one, but I just felt really inspired to speak on this particular topic. If you hadn't noticed already, self-evolution has become like the new raving. <laughs> I say that because when I was growing up in the early 90s, raving was totally the in thing. <laughs> everybody was doing it. And it was just what we did. Well, the world has changed a lot since then. In fact, back in my day, when I was growing up, yoga was still very, very new. It was really for the minority. There certainly wasn't a conversation about who we're being in our life, let alone our feelings and our mind. And when I first came out with maturation, 99.99% of people didn't know what I was talking about. Nobody was ready for this kind of inquiry. The conversations then have shifted a lot to where we are now. And that's because we are in a paradigm shift. And if you listen back to the episode on paradigms and what creates a paradigm, that where human consciousness is and our relationship to our reality is also what is mirrored and creates the paradigm from which we are in. So as we shift in consciousness, the paradigm is also shifting with us. We are co-creating the world that we are in and the relationship with reality that we get. 
which is kind of cool, right? I mean, it doesn't get cooler than that, not in my world anyway. But the point of what I'm saying is, is that there have been multiple phases in the way in which we have been being human, where there's the next thing that is the trend. There was raving back in my day. I miss those days. There was clean eating. And I remember when I first started, I first graduated as a counselor and from Chinese medicine, and the world of wellness was all about clean eating. And then it became about feelings. Then it became trauma. Trauma became the trend, kind of still is. Now it's self-evolution. And self-evolution has become like an aisle at the supermarket. Oh, well, you can do this and you can do this and you can do this. I mean, quite literally, we can go and find 15 different chocolate biscuit versions of a transformational course and get to choose which one it is that we want. Now, there's an amazing side to that, meaning, wow, this has become you know, part of the mainstream. How cool is that? My teacher, David, always says that back in the 70s, when he was leading these ontological inquiry programs and maturation programs, they literally had to hit people on the head with a, with a frying pan in order for them to be awake enough to even hear the conversation. They didn't actually hit anybody with a frying pan, but it was a meta, it's a metaphor. But nowadays everybody's in self-evolution, everybody's in self-inquiry, everybody's in some kind of process about discovering why they are the way they are. So there is a, a, an amazing side to that. And, and it's, it's really a result of a lot of intentional shifts in order to bring this in the mainstream. And maybe there's more good in it than not. But the problem is, and this is the problem always, the problem with anything that is being used in human life is that it's the human being that's using it. And so if the human being that is using it is still running from a mechanism of survival without any consciousness that we're running from a mechanism of survival, then it doesn't matter what it is that we're using, whether it's raving or yoga or clean eating or self-evolution, there will always be some aspect of what is actually being used in order to feed more of the mechanism, in order to feed more of the survival. So there is a very big context of self-evolution right now that it is the next thing being used to try and help us get to the bridge to the other side. The bridge, you know, that if we find it, one day, someday, when we finally get there, well, then we'll get to the other side and we'll finally be free, that bridge. That the someone from which that is using self-evolution is still the same someone. It's still the same someone that needed, I don't know, the chocolate to fill the emptiness or the money to fill the unsafety or the self-evolution to fill the uncomfortability of not knowing of being powerless, of being unworthy. So, and this is what I want to talk about today, the distinction between knowing and understanding versus being. 
we led a listening to life program recently where a lot of the participants had done a lot of work. In fact, this has become the norm. A lot of the conversations that we're having with people nowadays, and we're seeing a surge of it more than ever, that a lot of people have done a lot of work and there is so much good from that. In fact, because of that, we can have deeper conversations and deeper levels of inquiry, and we don't have to start right at the beginning. But there is a challenge in that. Because we all have human minds, and because of the very nature, or maybe nature isn't the right word, because of the very design of the human mind, and because of the very limitations of our current relationship with mind, which is predominantly led by blind spots, then the human mind will do with whatever it is that it is learning or being given. It will do with it the same way that the human mind does with anything. It will use it to somehow fit or feed the current effective ways of survival. And I say effective in inverted commas, illusionary effectiveness. And what I mean by that is we seem to think that if we just know more and know enough, then that will be enough for us to shift our entire reality and who we are in it. If I know the lingo, if I know about this method, if I know about that method, if I know about this this strategy, if I know about this, even in the realms of self-evolution, if I know more, it will somehow give me enough power to shift my world. And that is a blind spot. Knowing does not give us more consciousness of who we're being. In fact, if we're only focused on knowing more, then all we're really doing is we're being the same old version, the same old being that we're being, the same old me that we're being. We're just adding more knowing and knowledge to that being. It's like affirmations. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to put down affirmations. I think they're great. But affirmations is like filling your mind with good thoughts on top of the same old shit that was there before. (laughs) (laughs) it's not really fundamentally creating the kind of shift that I believe we're all really wanting, which is the shift in who we're being. So let's really look at this. Let's look at this in the most ruthlessly and radically honest way that we can. It's really, really confronting to look at who we're being it's much more comfortable to look at what we know. In fact, we cling on to what we know as if it gives us some kind of trophy or validation or or worthiness or value. Haven't you noticed? Have a really good look and look at how comforted you are by what you know. And, and on, on the other side of the spectrum, how 
shameful you feel or how much you give yourself a hard time when you don't know. Knowing has become the next addiction. If I know more and I can prove to you that I know more and I can use my knowing as a way of some kind of armor or protection or mask, well, then somehow I can find a way to mask who I'm being. Why? Because I don't know how to deal with who I'm being. Everything that I seem to do doesn't seem to have any kind of fundamental shift to who I'm being. So I know, why don't I use more knowing? I, I literally just led a training this morning. And this is the nature of the human mind, by the way. And I am in no place saying that I am any better than you. I am a human being too. So I also have a human mind. We all have a human mind. So this is how the human mind works. I was just leading this training this morning and everything I was teaching, this one participant was taking everything that I was teaching and trying to fit it into a box of what she already knew based on the courses she'd already done. Oh, I know this is like this. And oh, I know that this is like this. And oh, I know this is like this. And it was so mechanical and automatic that the human mind has to somehow take what is new and filter it within the realms of what we already know, which by the way is the past. And if you take anything that is new and unknown and mechanically and automatically try to filter it and fit it within the realms of what you already know, well, then it's not new anymore. In fact, you've missed the opportunity of anything new at all. It's, it's an automatic mechanical filtering back into what you already know based on who you're already being, which is given to you by the past. You know, when we lead listening to life programs and we are quite literally taking each participant to the very edge of everything they know about who they are, which is the only place from which any new realm of possibility can even become available or possible is beyond the edges of what you know. Everything you know already is the past. Everything you know already is the past and the one who is in relationship with everything you know is the one that I believe you are trying to become free of. So can you hear the paradox in this? The one who has a problem with oneself and sometimes even pretends that they don't have a problem with oneself because it's so confronting to really own it and be responsible for it. The one who has a problem with oneself is now trying to solve the problem with oneself, with their self-evolution and using everything within that they are knowing more of within that process to feed the survival and the protection of the one that has a problem with oneself that then has to know more and then feed that survival and then has to know more and then feeds that. And it is all being filtered within the same mind within the same realm of knowing. It's like going round and round in a glass box, wondering if if I go round this way and if I go round this way and I mask it up looking like this and I fit it into this, that's comfortable for me because I already recognize it. We, we think that we're going to find freedom from there, but there's no freedom there. 
we just find more of the same. And, and the most confronting piece is that we're more attached to more of the same than I think we dare to admit. That maybe the greatest human addiction of all is our addiction to our way of being. Even though our way of being is the very thing that we're desperately trying to become free of, our way of being is also everything that we know of who we are. So in order to outgrow it would mean that we would have to step way beyond anything we know or can hold on to. And human beings are really terrified with not knowing because it taps right into our relationship with survival and our relationship with death. And so how often have you sat in a course or a teaching or a relationship and you're hearing what's being said to you and you are automatically filtering it into what you already know? That's the human mind. And the human mind has no interest in your freedom. The human mind is only interested in survival. And so knowing more doesn't give us enough power to shift who we're being. Who we're being is much more confronting and deeper than that. And the hard part is we can't see who we're being. We can only see what who we're being gives us to see. If you go back and listen to the episodes, I guess one to 10, when I speak about the body, the mind, and the identity, the me. Me is looking through your eyes and giving you what you see, but you can't turn around fast enough to see me. You literally can't turn around fast enough to look at who's looking through your eyes and identifying with your own mind. None of us can until you have shifted your whole relationship with the entire mechanism and the human mind at all. And only then can you be standing in such a different paradigm that you can see the whole mechanism called me at all. And that's, of course, what we do in maturation. And that's where freedom lives. So I, I wonder whether this is a challenging or triggering conversation. I want you to know I'm not putting anyone down. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with the fact that self-evolution has become <laughs> like, the, like, the, like Whole Foods supermarket. But I do want to say that it doesn't matter what you do if we're not really looking at who we are being and being and willing to look at that enough to shift it and have power over it and shift our entire relationship with it, then it doesn't matter what you do. It won't give you the freedom that I think you're looking for. It'll certainly give you moments of enlightenment experientially, but it won't last. It'll certainly give you moments of feeling better and reprieve, but temporary. It's who we're being that is speaking louder than anything we say or do. 
And that is the most confronting piece. And who we're being is what is coloring and giving us our whole world. So it takes an extraordinary amount of humility and courage to really look beyond just knowing more and start really looking at who we are being. And what does that even mean, who we are being? What is running our emotions? What is, what is running our mind? What is running our behavior? What even drives you to speak what you speak? What's behind your speech? I, I remember having a client in a course once and she was really activated. She was really saying something from a very activated place. And what was so confronting and also, you know, insightful, what she was actually saying was, was actually pretty powerful stuff, but who she was being was speaking so loudly that it was masking and coloring everything that nobody could hear what she was saying, meaning her anger and her activation and her entire way of being was so loud that no matter how powerful or insightful the words she was using was, nobody could hear it because who she was being spoke so much louder. And that is much more confronting. And also it's a bigger piece for us to be responsible for because we think that if we hide enough of who we're being, then nobody will know. But who we're being is speaking to the field of reality and to everyone around us way before we even open our mouth. So you can hear the, the, the paradox in this. If we're not really bringing consciousness to who we're being in the world and in everyday life, then it doesn't matter how much you know, because who you're being will be speaking everything you know, and that will color everything. So I guess my intention for this episode is to liberate you, meaning if you have been finding yourself trying to know more and know more and know more, and it's not really shifting the unfolding of your reality, then this is why, you know, even when people come into our Listening to Life program, they're automatically, not on purpose, it's just the way the human mind works. They're automatically taking this mind-blowing information and filtering it through the human mind in order to somehow make it useful on an information level. <laughs> we have this one piece in the program where we are, when we're uncovering like massive fundamental blind spots that if you really let in experientially these blind spots, it changes your entire relationship with reality itself. I'm not talking about some of your reality. I'm talking about your whole frigging world. So it's a big deal. And it's so funny because always in that moment, these huge blind spots that you can only really uncover and it will only have the power to shift who you're being and your whole world if you let it in experientially. It's always that moment when people get their pens out and start writing it down in their notes. And I'm like, what on earth good are those words in your notebook going to give you? 
You're going to just read those words in two weeks' time, and they'll just be words. There's no aliveness or power in that information. The power and the aliveness is in how much you are listening and letting it in and affecting your way of being. Experientially, living life is an experience. It's not a piece of information. Aliveness is an experience. And we can only experience experience in the now. The shift has to happen in the experience with your consciousness and awareness. But we think that if we just know this, then that's enough. But that's a, that's that in itself is a survival protection. It stops us from having to let it in and affect us deeply, which of course then challenges our ability to control the situation. I think maybe one of the biggest dilemmas is that the way that we perceive ourselves doesn't often match up with who we're being, and that can be very confronting. But if we're living in the perception of ourselves rather than in the consciousness of who we're being, we're living in a story. We're not living, accessing real power. And so here we are in a world where self-evolution is, is massively popular, which is in essence a good thing. And yet it's still, in my view, the most fundamental piece that we as human beings are taking on our way of being, our maturation, so that we can have a relationship with anything we do from a much more mature and powerful place. And don't get me wrong, you guys are not alone with this. I am totally in this too. How many times have I found myself, particularly with my family, like if I go home, do you notice how it doesn't matter how much work you do on yourself, you go home to your mother's table and you're sitting next to your siblings and like within milliseconds, it's like you're magnetically pulled back to going back to the old way of being of your old self. <laughs> into the role that you played in the family dynamics. It's it's literally like a magnet. I found myself sitting at the kitchen table or whatever table, that's a metaphor, with my family, watching myself magnetically being pulled back to being the same old Nikki that fits in that dynamic that they know of me and, and trying to let them know how much I know. Ugh. Oh, it makes me just cringe. <laughs> But who I'm being is speaking so much louder, meaning they don't take me, they don't see me as powerful. They don't see me as who I want to be seen as because all they see is the one that needs to prove themselves by showing how much she knows. It's much more powerful now when I go home and, I, and I'm so comfortable in who I'm being that I don't have to t share them anything about what I know. And then they're, then they're like, ooh, wow, what are you doing differently? <laughs> so I wanted to share that with you just in case you thought that I, I thought that I was better than you. No, I also have a human mind. <laughs> I'm in the same process as you, just maybe I've done it a little longer in the maturation world. So I guess that leaves me with giving you an inquiry 
Firstly, as always, just take a moment to journal all that's landing for you from this episode. Have you been someone that even unconsciously, not even on purpose, has been really hoping that if you know more, it'll be enough to finally shift who you're being and how your reality is unfolding. Are you one of those people? Because welcome to the human race. What is it about really letting go of knowing and stepping into the realm where you have nothing to hold on to? What comes up for you then? I don't know whether any of you have seen this. If you haven't, please go and watch it. Google it on YouTube. The Plato's Allegory of the cave, about how human beings, when they're born in a cage, they're so normalized to being in the cage, and the world that they can see are merely puppets and shadows on the walls, but they don't see them as shadows or puppets, they see them as the world. And then one day, one of the prisoners escapes the cave and goes outside and sees the extraordinary sunlight and the world beyond. And it is so beautiful. It's so almost at the beginning, it's painful to see. But then after a while, his brain and his consciousness settles until he can allow it in. And then he goes back into the cave to try and get his friends to come with him. And they see him as a massive threat. In fact, they want to kill him. They don't want to leave the cave because it's all they know. I can't tell you how many participants that we've worked with that have fought us in some way just at the point that they're getting to the edge of leaving the cave, the cave of who they know themselves to be, the cave of their way of being. We have one participant who's now a graduate and and an extraordinary graduate. Like she she is going to be an, a really extraordinary maturation coach. But I always laugh and I tell this story and she's happy for me to tell it. When she first signed up for Listening to Life, which is our entry-level program, she tried to pull out of her Listening to Life program, but we wouldn't let her because it was non-refundable and she'd signed a contract. But more than anything, we wouldn't let her because we know her story was acting out and we wanted her to have that shift. But she was so angry that she almost sued us. Her story was so resistant to letting her shift that she was finding every possible way, or let's say the human mind was finding every possible way for her to resist it until eventually she did come into the program. She had such a mind-blowing shift. She's been with us multiple years and has now graduated as a maturation coach. And we laugh about it because she's like, oh my God, I did what, I literally tried my hardest to not come in and have this shift. Why? (sighs) Because we are more attached to our survival than I think many of us would ever be willing to own. We want to stay in the cave. Why? Because beyond the cave is the unknown and the unknown is so confronting. The complete abyss of not knowing, the realm of not knowing is so confronting and it brings up such fear and terror and everything that we have associated with survival. And we don't realize that it's, we have to go through that 
and experience that and outgrow that in order to really have the freedom that we're longing for. But it can't and it will not happen on a knowing level. It has to happen on a being level. So I'm going to leave you all there. I hope that this has been helpful for you. Please take a moment to journal about it and do that journaling exercise. If you know of anybody that you feel that these episodes would be of service to, please do share it with them. Remember, if you are human, this relates to you. If you are finding these episodes useful, please do go to Apple or Spotify and give us a star rating, preferably a five-star rating. And if you even, if you want to even support us even more, then go to Apple and write us a review because that's how this podcast gets spread further and wider. And that's really what we need and we want is more human beings coming into their maturation and taking this on from an ontological level because my God, we are such powerful beings and we are not tapping into even 1% of it whilst we are stuck in this blind, unconscious survival mechanism. But now is the time. I believe now is the time. We as a species are going through our maturation and it is uncomfortable and exciting all at the same time. So thank you all so, so much. I look forward to hearing from you. If anybody has any questions or, or insights to share with us, you can write to us at support at nikkiclinch.com or you can put a comment in my Instagram or send us a DM. Thank you all so much for listening. This is the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast and I am Nikki Clinch, your host. Goodbye, everybody. That's it, folks. Thank you so much for listening to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast with myself, Nikki Clinch, as your host. If you want to ensure that you experience a fundamental shift, not just in how you are living your life, but in who you are being in it, a paradigm shift in who you are being starting now, please download our 21 days of expansion activation process. 21 activations for 21 days of body, mind, ontological activations for you to be able to work with you both in the experiential aspects of your body and the wiring of your neural pathways in your mind. You can own this for the rest of your life and create that shift starting now. From this place, you can discover the infinite potential of being human and the aspects of the power and the aliveness that is waiting for you to discover it and realize it now. So download the link below to access your 21 days of expansion and let us know how those shifts start landing in your world. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast with Nikki Clinch. I will see you next week.